Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 92. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 111, summer 2017, Night Vale, USA. We're going to spoil the hell out of it, as we usually do, so you might want to listen to it first. I was just about to say, we saw that title at first and thought... Wait a minute, is that an episode title? Is this another hiatus bonus episode or something? Maybe talking about tours? I don't know. Yeah, and it's funny how it threw us off immediately and we're like, no, it's it's an episode. But it started out with Joseph Fink announcing that this is the very beginning of year six of Welcome to Night Vale. Six years? Could you believe that? I can't believe how fast the time has gone by because you and I started listening to it somewhere in the first year. Yeah, I know. I think I, so. That's crazy. But he also made a comment. He said that they're going to be experimenting with some new storytelling types, which my instinctive reaction is, don't like change. But, you know, I'm sure it's going to be something interesting. Oh, always. So this episode, I think probably more than any other episode we've listened to is a really good jumping on point for new listeners. And I'm sure they intended it that way. Yeah. And Although, oddly enough, I don't know, I guess it would be good for new listeners, but there's just so much packed into each little bit in here that is all just like for the fans, for the people who have been with them for six years. Oh, yeah. That's why it worked. I mean, I think on one level, you like it because it's just a weird little episode about a weird little town way out in the desert. But for the rest of us, we're like, oh, the city council's talking about the dog park again, you know, (laughs) and then the angels and old woman Josie and oh, man, old woman Josie. So the angels had a memorial for Josie and everybody in the town came to Josie's house because they're allowed to acknowledge the existence of angels now. And everyone was able to talk directly with the angels, shake their hands. Um, apparently angels like ask if they can borrow $5 a lot, which I think is kind of yeah. odd, but you know, whatever. Yeah. They're not good with money. No. But Cecil was there and he heard a pop in front of Josie's house. It was the light bulb in her front porch burning out. I'm like, oh, oh man. God, man, that was just so brilliant. And you know what? A new listener would not have gotten that. Me and Catherine were like, oh, kicked in the feels. But, yeah, that was a good callback right there. Oh, such nice. a wonderful callback. But then there were just all these other things. I mean, there was the callback to the helicopters, which I think came from the very first episode. One of the first episodes, yeah. Yeah, where Cecil gave out the warning about the different colors of helicopters and what they mean, like secret police or the government helicopters or, oh, it was the one that was painted with pictures of birds. And yep. Cecil's been talking to who he described as his best friend and brother, Steve Carlsberg. So, wow. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> Quite wow, a change that's a, there. That's a leap right there. Yep, yeah. But apparently Steve has a chart of the helicopters, but with the one helicopter type that's painted uh, with pictures of birds, he's just got the word next to it, run, with several hundred <laughs> exclamation points. That's a nice callback. They also had a commercial airline disappeared in Night Vale airspace, but then reappeared over the golf course. And it's most likely from the intersecting universes, but it could also be the local basketball team playing pranks because they do that kind of thing. But that's actually a thing that's happened a bunch of times in Night Vale as well. You yeah. know, airplanes that disappear in one area and suddenly reappear appear in the other. And I got a little confused at one point listening to that because it said the plane appeared on the golf course, but then there were people who were shopping around the different holes in the golf course. So 
it's a grocery store and a golf course, I guess. Yeah, it's Nightvale, so yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. We had traffic again, which surprisingly enough had to do with traffic, but in this case, ghost cars that have taken to drag racing. Makes sense, and we, you need to watch out for that one. We also had Carlos and his team are going to go back to investigating the strange house that isn't actually there. And that was the one from Old Oak Doors, a little bit before Old Oak Doors, but that was the one he disappeared into when he went to the Desert Otherworld. So are we going to get to see that? Because isn't that where Desert Bluffs is nowadays? I think it is. I think Kevin renamed the Desert Otherworld as Desert Bluffs now. Okay. I kind of want Carlos to not mess around with that, but he's a scientist, so that's what they do. I expected Carlos to call Cecil on this, that... Carlos had a discussion with Cecil about the fact that he needs to just like re-embrace how weird Night Vale is because when he came to Night Vale, everything was so scientifically interesting and then it just all got to be normal. And Cecil said, oh, well, that happens to everybody. And Carlos said, but I'm a scientist. And Cecil said, well, we've all been scientists before. And I swear, I thought Carlos was going to call him on that one, but he didn't. He's never called him on that ever. He always, (laughs) I'm sure he's probably rolling his eyes where we can't hear him on the actual radio show, but yeah. And then we went straight from there to the weather. Andromeda by Aerospace and um, Rap. A little bit R&B. Yeah, a little hip-hop, that sort of thing. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It was was nice. It was fun. I liked it. It was short. It was really short. Okay, so we got back from the weather, and did you write down the whole phrasing of the discussion that Carlos had about time? I didn't write down the whole thing because I was so distracted. Carlos noticed that the sun did not set at the correct time today. That's another callback. We've seen in earlier episodes he was noticing that, but... They said one phrase, and then they said it a couple times, and I swear to God, I think it was a shout-out. They said that time is weird, but it's actually weird everywhere. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I just, as soon as they said time is weird, Kevin and I are like, oh my God, this is a shout-out, it's for us. It totally, I mean, it's probably not. But seriously, it could be. Yeah, it's probably not. But you never know. I love the reason why Carlos said that no one else in the rest of the world notices that time is weird is because it's always weird in the same way. I'm like, oh, that is so true. That really, really is. That was just, that was kind of exciting. I actually missed the next couple sentences after that, just fantasizing about the idea that the Night Vale people listened to this podcast and they were giving us a shout out. They're not giving us a shout out. They could be giving us a shout out. You never know. (laughs) And we had one last little callback before the end of the episode, which is to talk a little bit about Kashik, that when Carlos came to visit Cecil at the radio station and they had lunch together and then they fed Kashik, and Carlos pointed out that, you know, cats don't actually float. And Cecil's like, huh, I never thought about that. (laughs) And then he kind of looked at Koshak for a minute and then went, this one does. And then that was it. That was, they were fine. You know, they were totally good. We did hear though, that there is no longer a tiny secret civilization below lane five of the desert flower bowling arcade and fun complex. I'm probably not saying that right, but there isn't a civilization under there. And then you were pointing out exactly why that's weird. Yeah, that was weird because of course, Cecil talks about the fact that this was the place where Carlos almost died when the inhabitants of the tiny city attacked him. But now they're gone, and Cecil's like, that's great. I'm good riddance to them. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
wasn't that Night Vale. Yeah, I thought that was like an alternate universe. An alternate universe Night Vale that had been dragged out of the world and placed underneath Lane 5. And it's not there anymore, but they're always talking. I mean, this whole episode was tons of callbacks, tons of references to the fact that they are noticing when things are weird now. They're actually like, you know, we see the world as it is. So that's why the Kashek comment happened. But they're also talking about all the intersecting universes. And so the intersecting universes are still a thing, but the tiny night veil under lane five is gone. So I'm sure we're going to hear more about that. Oh, we have to. Yeah, that was interesting. But that just, it was like a comfort food episode, you know? It's just all the things that we remember, the hooded figures and Tamika Flynn and Dana Cardinal and the angels and... It was just really very fun, and it was a nice little present for the people who have been listening for a long time. Yeah, but that was... um, I was trying to think about what else I had stumbled across Night Vale-wise this week, and I think it was this week that someone on Tumblr had posted a couple of comments, and it was that... Of course, interns at Night Vale usually die, except for two of them, Dana and intern Maureen. And the comment was that intern Dana survived her internship because she is strong and resilient and intelligent, and she pays attention to the world about her and tries to make a positive change. And intern Maureen survived because she's too mean to die. Yep, I agree with that 100%. (laughs) I love that. I hope we see more of her. We haven't seen her. I know she's really good friends with Michelle win. I think it's because they're both just cynical and they love to hate things. But, yep. I want to hear know. an epi- episode where we actually get to hear Maureen speak because her just kind of uh, attitude is just perfect. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of the episode. Yep. And it was something that didn't really move the story forward. So I'm sure they're saving that for the next episode. I'm really curious to see what they're talking about. This whole we're going in a new storytelling direction. Yeah. Like, it change. It'll be interesting. But They all also talked a little bit about Dylan Marin's new podcast, Conversations with People Who Hate Me. And I think there's probably another episode will have dropped by now. So I'll try to listen yep. to that. I thought the first one was fine. I and mean, it wasn't as uncomfortable as I thought it was going to be. And obviously, all of these people that he's talking to are going to be pre-screened to find out if they're okay with being recorded on a podcast. So I don't know. It could be good. It could be really uncomfortable. I guess we'll see. And if you who are listening to this podcast would like to know more, Catherine did a review of the first episode, which really breaks down all the things that happens and uh, the things that she thinks are interesting and the things that she noticed. I mean, like you said, it's uh, the truly, truly hateful people are probably not going to be comfortable being recorded because that that self-censoring thing that you were talking about. Right. I don't. Yeah. But the thing that I talked about on a previous episode about how I go to comment sections on news stories because I want to learn what arguments work and what don't. I think there was a lot of that in this first episode that sometimes you have the irritating things like making up the motivations of the people you're arguing with so that you can Uh then tear them down, not based on what they're saying, but what you think their motivations are. You know, that's irritating. But then there's also, you know, people have reasons for believing what they believe. And we're not getting anywhere by just telling everybody, well, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. You know, that's not working. It is also nice to kind of like save yourself from a gotcha moment. I mean, if you imagine yourself getting into an argument with somebody and saying something, 
I don't know, by reading the comments, you kind of can almost see the arguments that they would have had with you if you had said it out loud. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, that's true, what you just said. I'm not going to have use that as an argument because you have a really good point as to why I'm wrong. So <laughs> I do like stuff like that. That is nice. But the only other thing that's going on is Nathan and I just watched episode eight of the new Twin Peaks season. And wow. <laughs> Really? It's, I mean, okay, I will say this about David Lynch. He could not care less about anybody else's ideas about pacing. Oh, he will have, really? Well, he will have, it's, this has been going on since the very first season, but you will have somebody doing something, you know, sitting down, looking through papers or a long scene of something, and it just stays on it. Then it continues to stay on it. And you're just sitting there going, all right, Lynch, anytime now. And it's just, it, he builds tension, but in just such a odd way. But I mean, this episode, I'm trying to read a recap of it on Entertainment Weekly. And I think the prevailing theory is that this episode is sort of an origin story for Twin Peaks, or at the very least, an origin of the strangeness that has infected Twin Peaks since it was founded. Okay, all right. There's a lot of similarities between Twin Peaks and Night Vale. Oh, I yeah. Mean, people just you know, people aren't usually even aware of how weird things are. I mean, it's just weird and you take it for granted. But I don't know, Night Vale seems to be moving in a direction where they're actually going to acknowledge how damn weird things are. So I wonder <laughs> if Twin Peaks would ever get into that. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea where Lynch is going with this. I, I lost track of where I thought he was taking this with the second episode, I think. Well, okay. I, I have to, I haven't watched any of it, not even a little bit. I'm so behind on all the movies and all the TV shows. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you what I did get caught up on. I bought at Comic-Con the latest Girl Genius, The Adventures of Agatha Heterodyne book from the Foglios. I think it's like volume two, chapter two or whatever. Oh my God, I love this series. I love it. I love it. I love it. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> it it just, does. They never... <laughs> Sorry, I can see where I'm going here. They never run out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Though they would call it a gas lamp fantasy for reasons I don't understand, but it's steampunk. Yeah, I mean, it's it really totally is. Steampunk, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so funny, and the expressions are so great. And it's really interesting. Like, it's a complicated storyline. There's a lot going on. But in between, like, somebody will be mentioning all this stuff, which could have been several panels of straight exposition. But, of course, you've got characters who are fighting a giant clockwork dragon in the background and being thrown all over creation. And that just, like, you have a whole other level of things going on in the background. I love it. I really, really love it. Well, I was very happy to see that they had the novelizations for sale at the booth because if they're still acknowledging that those things exist, then maybe there'll be a fourth one soon because they stopped nice. at three and that was a few years ago. So because I, I like seeing the story from a different angle, which is basically what those novelizations provide. I haven't read any of those and I really need to. I do. And you know, I actually got to talk. Uh, Phil was very busy at the booth, but I did talk to Kaja a little while. And I'm really glad I did. I stopped by there. <laughs> Jada pointed out she was like, Oh, what's that? Is that like a little furry dragon? And I was like, No, that's that it's a wasp eater and it was one of the little six-legged ferret creatures from the comic and they have a plushie of it uh, it was adorable so we go over there just to look at it and Kaj is there and I'm talking to her and if I hadn't I wouldn't have known that they had the next book but they were waiting for it to get delivered so I stalked that booth over the next couple days and they did get a box of the books and I bought one so yay yay, awesome. yay for stalking that was efficient <laughs> stalking right there 
But short episode this week, I guess, because it's kind of like uh, post-Comic-Con quietness going on. So keep an eye out on pixelatedgeek.com. We have had so far, as of time of this recording, nine photo galleries go up of cosplay and toys and the gas lamp and everything else. And if that wasn't enough... Two weekends ago, Leland from Lost in Sci-Fi Podcast went to Midsummer Scream in Long Beach. And the very next weekend, Jordan and Stephanie went to Scare LA in Los Angeles. Both of those are Halloween-themed conventions with tons of horror cosplay and booths and all sorts of stuff. And uh, we've got photo galleries going up. uh, One, the Midsummer Scream's already up. And I think Scare LA will go up as of time of this recording in the next couple days. As of time this episode drops, it might be up now because... Time is weird. weird. So keep a lookout for that one. And of course, Catherine's book reviews and the comic book reviews. And oh, I just read the final issue of Till All Are One, which will drop this Wednesday. And? I liked it. Oh, good. And it went in an interesting direction that I am curious to see what happens to this one particular character. But I thought it was also like there is still more story to come, but it was a good wrap up for the title, I thought. Oh, good. Okay, well, yeah. I'm I'm looking for some happy news because they've slaughtered a few characters in the regular title now and uh, <laughs> I don't want to lose yeah. no more. No, God. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, oh my God. My the one, oh, that was, what was that? Was that, oh, it was Optimus Prime. Yeah. That was it. Ugh. Yeah, read the latest issue of Optimus Prime if you want to see what we're talking about. We're not going to spoil it, but my God. Wow. And I guess by next week, we should probably maybe have an episode of Alice Isn't Dead. The last one of the season, I think. Oh, that's right. Okay, so we know what we're going to be recapping, so we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Man, I just can't talk tonight. I'm sorry. It's one of those, I'm doing the same thing. Awful lot of editing for this evening. All right.